today's, I am going to do a little book review. Nerd alert. Nerd, nerd alert. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like over the course of our years of doing this, we have talked a lot about Mark Batterson and his books. Mm. I think we all do you love have your him. new Mark Batterson books? No. He is one of my favorite. You would love him. Flava Flaves. You would love him. Absolutely love yeah. him. He's written amazing. And he's a mm-hmm. wonderful wordsmith, a wonderful storyteller. His books are very easy reads. They're not like deeply sciencey or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's just really, really good. He's a pastor at a church in D.C. His heart was to like – I think they they bought a building that's right across the road from a brothel. And they have a coffee shop that's like right – downtown dc like he wants mm-hmm. to be like in the world of the people and like be brushing shoulders and living with the people that they're actually ministering to like oh, his heart himself. is just huge for mm-hmm. people and so one of the books that he wrote that i really really loved is the circle maker Did either of you ever read that book rachel's filling her face no so amber's never heard of him so the circle like the one i haven't read <laughs> what just kidding <laughs> So The Circle Maker, he wrote that book for adults, and then he wrote a really a smaller book. It's very, very small. I brought it with me. It's like a super easy read. It's like a toilet reader. Ooh. Or oh, like a you toilet can read it reader. in one or two settings. This one right here, Praying Circles Around mm-hmm. Your Children. Oh, sweet. And we were given this at church one Sunday. I think it was Easter, one Easter. This was a gift that all the families got when they um, left the church that day. And it is literally one of my all-time – biggest inspirations in my prayer life for my family and for my kids specifically. Mm. And so the legend of the circle maker, he talks in the first book, but there's a legend of this man named Honey, and he was Mm. known for just his prayer life. He was a prayer warrior and he, in their land, there would have been no rain and the people's crops were dying and they were dying of thirst or whatever. And so they knew that there was this crazy prayer warrior named Honey who just mm. like prayed until his his prayers were answered. And so the legend of Honey is that the village went to him and said, our village needs rain. And so he came down into their village and he drew a circle in the sand and he stood within the circle and he said, God, I'm not going to leave this circle until you answer my prayer. And wow. so he stood in that circle and he prayed until the Lord the, until the Lord sent rain. So that's the legend of the circle maker. And so Mark yeah. Batterson talks about how we as believers can literally like circle prayers for our family, circle promises for our family, mm-hmm. and praying circles around our children. He gives these five specific prayer circles. You know what's funny? That's Side funny. thought. We were talking in an earlier podcast how your voice changes when you talk. Uh-huh. My voice gets shaky when I talk. I feel like it sounds like I'm going to cry. Yeah. I agree. But I'm not going to cry. Isn't that funny, though? I just noticed well, it. Sometimes you cry. Oh, you sometimes I do cry. That's true. But I don't feel like crying right now. <clears throat> you talk a little fast. I do because I have so much and I'm yeah. super aware of like time. <laughs> yeah. Because time. Yep. we got plenty of time. So the premise of the circle maker is that we pray without ceasing and we pray believing that God hears us and will answer our prayers. Mm. That's kind of the premise of the whole book. And I love it because... I just think, well, we tell our kids that the first 10 counseling sessions are on us <laughs> when they leave the house. And so there's like no doubt in my mind. And if you were to see, sit each one of my kids down, like they would tell you that their mama is not perfect and they would list my flaws probably. <laughs> but so I'm, but I'm so not a perfect parent, but I, I am a praying parent. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and this book has challenged my prayer life in ways just – I love his practicality. I love – he's the one where I – like my prayer for my kid is that not just that God will keep them safe, but that they'll do dangerous things for the mm-hmm. kingdom. That's from him. Like he's like, we don't – we shouldn't just pray for God to keep our kids safe. We should pray that they're like mm, – Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. You know, like you speak to the king in your in your son or in your husband and the king will rise up. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I love that. And so mm-hmm. anyway – 
Okay, so I'm going to read just a couple of the quotes that he wrote. Prayer is our highest privilege as a parent. There is nothing we can do that will have a higher return on investment. Mm. Prayer turns ordinary parents into prophets who shape the lives of their children, grandchildren, and every generation that follows. Just like one decision can change your destiny, so can one prayer. If we were to map out our spiritual history, we would find countless answers to prayer at key intersections along the way. Before we were even born, even named, we had parents and grandparents who prayed for us. Mm. At critical ages and stages, family and friends have interceded for us, and many people have prayed for us that we aren't even aware of. The sum total of those prayers over our life is our prayer genealogy. He says, I believe that every blessing, every breakthrough, every miracle traces back to the prayers that were prayed by you or for you. One of the greatest moments in eternity will be the day that God peels back the space-time curtain and unveils his his sovereignty by connecting the divine dots between our prayers and his answers. Mm. We will thank him for the prayers he did answer. We'll also thank him for the prayers he didn't answer because we'll finally understand why. And we'll thank him for the answered prayers that we weren't even aware of. Wow. And so the so whole good. book is talking about how we can leave a legacy, not just for our kids, but for future generations. Mm. You know what I mean? Our kids' kids and their kids. And so another quote he says is, we don't, we don't become a praying parent by default. We do it by design, by desire, and by discipline. Spiritual disciplines take sheer determination, but if you determine to circle your children in prayer, you will help to shape their destinies. Our prayers will live on in our kids' lives long after we die. I love that. And so the premise of the book is a couple of things. He's like, first of all, like for our prayers to be effective, (laughs) they have to be in the will of God and they have to be for the glory of God because obviously we know he's not a genie in a bottle and our wish Mm -hmm. is in his command. So drawing prayer circles starts with discerning what God wants within what he wills. Mm. And that's the way we take our hands off and place our children in the hands of God. And he says in almost all of his books, God honors bold prayers because bold prayers honor God. And that's become mm. my challenge to be like. That's, good. that's really good. Specifically, especially for the men in our, like, as our, London's still so tiny in my brain, that, but mm-hmm. my boys, I'm like, that's speaking to the king, praying like literally like warrior prayers over them, not just like keep them safe, help them to be kind in their class. But like, right. may they be a mm-hmm. leader among leaders and mm-hmm. may they be bold in their faith for you mm-hmm. and may they. Not be afraid to take st- strong stands when no one else is doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. Um, so good. We cannot choose Christ for our kids, but we can pray that they choose Christ. Mm. And so he talks about how, like, our prayers are prophecies, and he uses the verse. I forgot to write the reference, but it's, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness is to children's children. Mm-hmm. So that's like the generational prayer. Yeah. Okay. Jesus Christ broke the curse of sin at Calvary and secured every spiritual blessing as our inheritance. This is our birthright as children of our Heavenly Father, and it is our responsibility as parents to pass down this generational blessing to our earthly children. He broke the curse of sin so that we can break any cycle that we were born into or have experienced. And that's what we talk about all the time on this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Breaking cycles. It doesn't mean it will happen quickly or easily, but he promises that we can have breakthrough, we can break generational curses, and we can pass on blessing to the next generation. Hallelujah. Right? So Mm. good. 
so good. So he says there's nothing magical about physically circling something in prayer, but there is something biblical about it. And he talks about when the Israelites circled Jericho. You know, mm. he's like, what would happen if they'd stopped circling after the second day? Or on, this, in, on that last day, if they stopped after like the fifth circle, and they were like, ah, this is dumb. You know, <laughs> this is embarrassing. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Uh, yeah. So we tend to give up too quickly and too easily. And so drawing circles is really just a metaphor mm-hmm. for we pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. And it's not we pray, you know, as soon as possible, Lord, like, hello, quick, quick. It's like we pray as long as it takes. We pray without ceasing. We pray until we die. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where he says, as parents, we shouldn't just pray that God keeps our kids safe. We need to also pray that he will make them dangerous for his purposes so that they can make a difference in their generation. That's what makes me happy. Now more than ever. <laughs> now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, prayer is mm-hmm. one of the hardest things we will ever do. And prayer is how we will fight our battles. And one of the verses he uses was one of my, my most favorite verses. And it's actually taken out of Lamentations. And I think it's like when the city's being overthrown. So it's like out of context. <laughs> but mm. still, I believe it's so good practically. Lamentations 2.19, it says, Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to him in prayer, pleading for your children. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good. It's so good. Okay. So he gives five prayer circles. And he gives a scripture and then just a little bit of um, – practicality i guess Mm. so okay circle number one is circling the promises of god Mm. and the verse that he uses is second corinthians 120 for no matter how many promises god has made they are yes in christ and so one of our jobs as parents is to be a student of our child of each one of our kids to be a student of them right Mm. so we need to know our kids and we need to know scripture so that we can train them in the way that they should go and it's our job to help our kids connect the dots between who they are or who they were, who they are, and who they're becoming, which I love that. And he's like, mm-hmm. and then, like, when they do things wrong, you can say, that's not who you are. That's not who we are. And then when they do things right, you can call it out. You call, mm-hmm. you call them on it. I see that. I see that in you. I see what God, that work he's doing in you. I love that's not who you are. Yeah, that's not who you that's, that's so much that's better than good just, for me, even. Yeah. Like, speaking that over you know like when we tend when we're wanting to be for me miss piggy or (laughs) that's not who you are it's not who i am (laughs) it is good or even just to be like well that was kind of jerky to say to your brother yeah instead like that's not who you are i think that's so Mm. much better than Mm -hmm. why were you very convicting why were you such a putz yeah it's very convicting and it's assuming that you're something better than that yes it's Mm -hmm. it's calling out that king while still yeah I just, yeah, I think that's really good. good. And so one of the prayers, one of the promises that he's circling with one of his kids is he says he has a kid who massively struggles with fear and anxiety. And so a promise that they're circling that he's praying over his son and his son is memorizing, he's got a young boy, is the do not be anxious about everything, but in Mm -hmm. every situation by prayer and and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Mm -hmm. Jesus. So he's like, I'm praying that over my son and my son is memorizing that. So, because when we circle the promises of God, those promises then encircle us. The peace that transcends all understanding will literally guard our hearts and our minds. Um, and then he says, don't just pray defensively that your kids won't do something wrong. Pray that they do something right and then call them out on it. Which I think, oh, it's so easy to call our kids out on something they do wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, when they do something right, call them out on it. I see that. I see you. Mm-hmm. So that's circle number one. 
Circle number two is making prayer lists. And his verse is Psalm 5-3. Listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my requests to you and I wait expectantly. And he talks about journaling prayers for his kids, making lists of specific things to pray over each child. Mm. And um, so he talks about maybe journaling through a Bible to give to your kid, which is what I've I've done. I actually didn't get this idea from him. I got this idea from a friend when she was pregnant. Her husband read the Bible to her belly while she was pregnant. <laughs> so he's like, so this baby has heard literally every word of scripture before it's even born. Wow. <laughs> so that's what gave me the idea Aww. of journaling through a Bible for my kids. I'm considering doing that, but it's going to be an, a serious exercise in discipline for me because I... But you I'm could a, take years. Yes. You could take years. I only years. have two boys, so I could definitely take years to do it. Yeah. I, I love that idea. And it's, it's just the sweetest. So it's such a treasure. Yeah. I think I'm going to give Caden to his on his graduation party on his graduation day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think Kevin and I were talking about it having like key men in his life who have just watched him grow up to write him. A letter with scripture and with what they see in him and have it like be a letter and have it bound into a book, which is kind of mm-hmm. similar, mm-hmm. a similar idea to that. But um, he talks about the goal of a prayer list is not to lay out a laundry list before God. It's not our agenda for God at all. It's about discovering God's agenda for us and for our kids. Mm-hmm. And once we discover mm-hmm. his agenda, we write it down because it's hard to pray with specificity, intentionality, and consistency without a prayer list. And also, I think when we record our prayer requests, which the only time I'm really good at that is when we do the 21 days of prayer at church and we get that little booklet. Mm-hmm. Do you ever get that little booklet? Mm-hmm. I, re- I record my prayer requests and I've kept those booklets every year. And then being able to look back and be like, holy cow, he answered that and he answered that and he answered that. I do it that. inside, see? In my yeah, because we forget. Mm-hmm. We're such forgetters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right there. I love it. Back. Even simple things. Like one year was Jesse lost like his best hoodie that he just found. It had been lost for months. And I started praying specifically, like help him to find that hoodie. And he did. Aww. And I never would have remembered <laughs> that if I hadn't written it down. Mm-hmm. But that's like, that's almost yeah. like, it's like a record of his faithfulness. It's a record and that he delights in the details of our lives. And so I just think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, circle number three, creating prayer mantras. And he says he uses the verse Matthew 6, 7. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the people of other religions do. <laughs> so not like a babble, but like as we read through the Bible, certain words, phrases, or verses will pop off the page and into our spirits. Mm-hmm. And the ones that we circle over and over again will become our prayer mantras, which I love that. So like when he said doing dangerous kings for, things for the kingdom, that's not scripture, but that resonated with me. That jumped into my spirit. So I'm like, oh, that's, that is mm-hmm. how I want to pray for my kids. Yeah. Um, are we have a natural tendency to remember what we should forget and forget what we should remember. And that's where the mantras come in. They serve as reminders of who we are and what we are about as a family. There's something powerful about a single God-inspired prayer repeated throughout a child's lifetime. And one of the verses he prays over his boys is Luke 2.52, may you grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. He prays it over his kids all the time. That's, that's what, what Mimi, Mimi does. Yes. prays every day. For Sam and Henry. So that is a mantra for their life. That's a yeah. theme for their life mm-hmm. already. Which and you is do so good. see it. And she'll say, she, she will call it out. Yeah. On this is who you are. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she will. And so, and that's the whole, our focus determines yeah. our reality. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what she's focusing on for your boys. Mm-hmm. 
And by God's grace, that's becoming their reality, which is so good. My dad always prayed this over all of us kids, that they we would never know a day mm-hmm. when we did not know and love Jesus as our Savior. Yep. Ooh, that's, that's, what I pray, that's what I pray over my children. That is and, so good. And over and each I, of my kindergartners. And I can't, I can't remember a day. Yeah. I, I sometimes envy people when they're like, when was your, you know, your... Conversion. Conversion story or when's your... I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I've always yep. loved Jesus. He's always been my savior. I don't remember. Yep. So good. When I pray <laughs> with my, when I do that, that's the prayer. Cause your Papa D used to yep. pray it over me too, going forward. That was and his I did mantra it. For and sure. that's the mantra for our family. Has that been that? Well, yours is in prayer covers a multitude or love covers yeah, a multitude love of sins. Yeah, love covers a multitude mm-hmm. of sins. And then I, and then also may they never know a day. And when I, do um, parent-teacher conferences. That's the prayer I pray over their children. May they and never I don't, know a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. that they don't know Jesus Christ as their that is Savior. So and good. I don't care if they go. And in my at my school, you don't have to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. So I am praying that over unbelievers as mm-hmm. well. And so I, good. I'm like, amen. <laughs> Let's talk about their literacy. <laughs> but I can so feel the tension sometimes. Good. And I remember the first time, because I did it in my previous school mm-hmm. as well when I would pray with the parents, but that was a school that you had to claim. And I remember the first time I knew a non-believer was coming and sitting down, and actually my head of school was sitting in with me on this one too, and I was like, do I keep doing it? No. Nope. And I was like, because I had that fear of man, I was like, no, I have prayed this over every student I have ever taught. Mm-hmm. I am not going to pray it over this student. You're not not going to. Not not going to. Yeah. And that family has come to Christ. So cool. Aww. See? So you are part of that kid's legacy. I am part of that kid's legacy. And I will say that that is one of the things I am Eternal. Eternal. Eternal legacy. Yeah. What the is, generation. What is the Luke verse, the one that Mimi prays? Luke 2.52. 2.52. May you grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with yeah. God and man. Yeah. He says, if you are unsure about what to pray, then pray about what to pray about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose of prayer, to get into the presence of God and then get God's agenda for us and then go back to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the Bible was not meant to be read through. It was meant to be prayed through. We start reading. He starts speaking. That's when we stop reading and we start praying. So, I mean, that is our conversation, how we communicate with the Lord. Hmm. And this is the challenge for me or one of the things that I was like, ah, um, he's like, you, we need to have a vision for our children. Like, like not just that they're happy, that they graduate and get good grades and get a good job and provide for their families, but like a vision for our kiddos where he's like, because with your physical eyes, we, can, we see who they are, but with our spiritual eyes, we see what they can be. And so we need to help them find their life themes. We need mm-hmm. to help them find the sweet spot where their God-given gifts and God-ordained passions overlap. And you watched a little bit of Emma living in her gift mix on the mountain. Yeah, it was so fun. So good. Well, I was going to say, the other day, Peter said, he was telling me that he saw Parker interact in a certain way. And he said, Parker, you should be a pastor. Mm. You are so gifted with people. Mm-hmm. You are such a natural leader. You and and you get you get it. You mm-hmm. get Christianity. You see the seriousness of it so much so that it makes you nervous. Yeah. To to mm. to to grapple with it because you see the depth and the beauty and the realness of it. He said you would. Peter said this to Parker. He said you would you would be a you would be a culture-changing pastor. What did Parker say? Mm-hmm. And he said Parker was 
in awe. Mm-hmm. Because I think Parker always sees himself kind of like Jesse is kind of like the bad kid. The black sheep. Yeah, a little bit, the, mm-hmm. little bit of the bad kid because he does always get in trouble because mm-hmm. he's so big and wild and always has his feelings. He's always He always feels like he's teetering because he's mm-hmm. never... For some reason, the Lord has ne- he's never had a friend group. Like our our boys have grown up. Like mm-hmm. he's always been the only kid in his grade when he was little, mm-hmm. or there was like one other or and or two other, and they were always girls. Mm-hmm. And so he never had a a pack. Mm-hmm. And so he's always teetered between his younger brother's pack, which mm-hmm. is your boys' pack, and then now he's got like a football pack. And you could see he's never f- quite found it's his, like his identity almost a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, and it, and I think. Peter's like, I said, I'm so proud of you, Peter, for saying that to him. Mm. And he's like, I think, I think it honored. Parker. Yes. I think he received it and like mm-hmm. put it on. Well, like that was a coat. speaking to the king in him. Yeah. Right. It was like mm-hmm. he put on it. It was like mm-hmm. Peter said it was like he put on a put on a coat. Like he put on that identity. And I was like, Well, praise Jesus for that. Well, Do it again. He, he talks about in different books, like how p- men will trace back, like whatever they've done. He's like, I'll trace it back to this one. Somebody said this to me when I was a kid and yeah. I've never forgotten. And they, mm. they saw in me what I never saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, that is for sure. And that's my, where the words have power, my, which we talk about all the time. For good and for, for evil. For good and so for you evil. really want to be careful yeah. what you say to a child. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And talking about life themes, he says, so it's part of our job is to help them discover their life themes, right? So he's like, what makes your kid laugh? What makes them mad? What makes them really sad? Follow those themes to help them discover their destiny. Mm-hmm. And then even help them find specific verses for those specific seasons in their life that they can hold on to because the- themes can change too. But I thought that was really good. Like mm-hmm. your kid's passions, where they lie, mm-hmm. like just pay attention to that because there's something, that's the same with us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so good. Circle four, forming prayer circles. First Timothy 4, 2 is his verse. Don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but set an example for the believers in speech and conduct in love and life and impurity. And I love this. He says, remember when parents brought their kids to be blessed by Jesus? Jesus didn't just pronounce a blessing over their lives. He put his hands on their heads. So he's like, so why don't we follow suit? Like, why don't we literally like lay hands on our on our kids or on anybody when we pray? That's very biblical mm-hmm. when you lay hands. And so he's like, research shows that touch has the power to fight viruses, relieve stress, improve sleep, and help us recover more quickly from injury. So the power of touch just on the human level is an amazing thing. So when we add the power of God to the equation, it sets the stage for something supernatural. The mm-hmm. biblical practice of laying on of hands is seen over and over again in churches, but we don't do it for a while in, in the Bible. Bible. It's seen over and over again, but we don't do it for a wide range of reasons. Maybe the church we grew up in doesn't do it. It feels too close for comfort, maybe for a variety of reasons, but he's like, but if that's how Jesus prayed for the children, that's how I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And that is what we do. when We pray for our kids. We put, we lay our hands on them and we just, we just touch them and pray mm-hmm. over them. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's anything hokey or whatever, but I'm like, I love that. And just the touch and the, so mm-hmm. I, I just think it's so good. Mm-hmm. I did it when they were sleeping so they couldn't wiggle away. <laughs> or when you're – them. I do it sometimes in when I'm hugging. hugging them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that they see it too and they – I think like – I just think like one of my kids when I – if he asks to be tucked in, I tuck him in. If he doesn't ask, I don't. And he always asks me to pray for him and I always lay my hands on him. Mm-hmm. It's usually like I'm scratching his back or whatever. But it starts out with like Lord – like a – and then mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then he talks about we're never too young or too old to be used by God. He talks about mm-hmm. Josiah, who was eight when he became a king. 
We should never underestimate our kids' potential. We need to give them opportunities to exercise their spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. We should ask them to pray for us. We need to not just pray for our kids, but pray with them. Mm-hmm. He says, praying for our kids is like taking them for a drive. Praying with them is like teaching them to drive. If all we ever do is pray for our kids, they'll just stay in the back seat. They will become spiritual codependents who ask us for a ride anytime they need to go somewhere spiritually. But Mm. if we teach them to pray, they can download directions themselves and make their way to wherever it is that God wants them to go. That's really good. I think that is so good. And just modeling, not just modeling, but I can remember one time, and so this convicted me. We were going to school. I was doing something at school, and I asked the kids to pray for me. I was nervous. And it was just so sweet. Like, they were surprised I asked them to pray for me. And one of them was basically like, please don't let mom mess it up. <laughs> but I was like, how sweet are the, the <laughs> prayers? Of the, but, like, I was like, I, I, I'm I, so nervous. Will you guys pray for me? And will yeah. you do it right now? I ask my kids all the time. I think that's me. honoring. Mm-hmm. And it's when they so see, when they come at me with, like, you don't know how to do this. And, and I was like, you're right, I don't. Will you please pray for me and help me? And then they're like... <laughs> Well, I have ownership over this. Yes. I mean, yes. I don't know what I'm doing. And that's why I say to them all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. Yes, that is a weakness in me. Pray for me that I'll be better <laughs> yeah, at that. So and they're like, uh, do something about it. <laughs> yeah. They're like, dang it, mom. That's not the response that's that I can use to what slam her. I wanted to. That's so, I love that. <laughs> You're uh, right. Pray for me. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then he talks about forming prayer circles. We need a prayer circle. And he talks about how Moses in the Old Testament, when God said, lift up the bronze serpent when mm-hmm. the people had sinned. And the, the, he sent the snakes and they were biting all the people. Mm-hmm. And he's like, lift up the bronze serpent. And when, was it Moses? Yeah, it was Moses. Yes. Um, if, they look on, if they look at the bronze serpent, they will not die. And so as long as he held his arms up, the people, if they got bit, they wouldn't die. But as soon as he got, if he got tired and, he, and his arms lowered, then it was. And didn't Aaron come up Aaron and hold and his arms Aaron and her came and lifted his arms. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so he's like, we all need Aaron and hers in our life, and mm-hmm. we all need to be Aaron and hers to other people mm-hmm. in our lives. We have to have that. When I was the president of PTF for a couple of years, my girls that were my VPs and my people beside me, I said that. I was like, you guys are my, my Aaron's holding my arms up mm-hmm. because I am tired. Yeah. And I don't really want to be up in front anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just – but I kept that image in my mm-hmm. head, and it was just so sweet. So it good. It gave me – Gives confidence you the, mm-hmm. and strength to keep going. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this. I'm going to read. I'm buying this It's book. such a good book. And it's such mm, a sweet little book. So we need people who will fight for us on our knees. And we need people who will fight for our babies. And as mm-hmm. I told you in that other thing that I, the other podcast I did where I said like a million times, your kids' names are on my, when I pray for my boys, I pray for your boys because your boys are in my boy's life. So your boys mm-hmm. influence my boy. Right. And mm-hmm. my boy influence your bo- influences your boys. And so that they will lift each other up. They will lead in love together. Mm-hmm. And then circle number five is praying through the Bible. Isaiah 55 verses 10 through 11. So it is with my so it is with my word that goes out from my mouth. My word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for what I sent it. His word will not return void. That's why we can yes. pray the promises of scripture. So, um that is why I pray through the Bible for my kiddos because I'm like, well, I'm a hot mess in all the other arenas, but I can say that mm-hmm. I've prayed every promise of scripture over my kids. Mm-hmm. 
And then he closes this section with, uh, he says, one promise of scripture that's good for us to remember is blessed is the one who was not offended by me. And so Mm. he talks about, he's like, what if we lived our lives unoffended? And he talks about like, you know, praying through this, like, what if we see the Lord answering prayers for other people's kids and he's not necessarily for our our kids. You know, we see someone else's kids who are living vibrant lives for the Lord and, and our kid falls. Mm-hmm. Or the the prayer I have in my mind that I think was how my kid should go because their kid's doing it, my kid isn't. Mm-hmm. So he says, what if we lived our lives unoffended? And he's like, here's the context of that promise in Scripture. Blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Do you guys know the context of that verse? No, what verse is that? So I didn't write it down. I think it's in John. But the context, it's in one of the Gospels. Hmm. So Jesus is doing miracles right and left. He's healing diseases. He's, he's casting out demons. His ministry is growing. Meanwhile, John, John I is love in prison, this. Yes. right? And so he sends his disciples to Jesus and be like, uh, so are you the one? Like, are, like, are you the one that, that you said you were? Because I'm like in prison here, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and, uh, and so in reality, like he could have sent out like a rescue squad to like mm-hmm. rescue him before he got beheaded. You know, and so Jesus's response to that was he tells them to tell John about all the miracles he's doing. And then he says to relay this message, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jeez. You know, that's the context of that verse. And so Mm -hmm. he's like, so what do we do when we feel like God is answering everybody else's prayers but our own? Mm. He promises blessing if we are not offended, if he does things for others. And if he does it for them, he might do it for us. We don't know what God knows. (laughs) We don't know why he does what he does. But we do know, we do know that 100% of the prayers we don't pray will go unanswered. So we pray in faith believing, but Mm. he's in control. And so there there is peace there. Mm -hmm. And there's joy there, but but blessed is the one who's not offended by it. Oh, hello.